0: Broadcasting to you live from the Badlands of Texas. You're listening or you're watching Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. How are you doing tonight, Fruit Loops? Oh, guys. You know, there's one thing I always intend to do every time I start one of these shows, and that is to thank our executive producers. And I got... Nature gave me a do-over right now. So I would like to think, thank Lady Lisa for being our executive producer. Also, Annabelle Stealth as an executive producer and our producer affidavit. If you're interested in becoming an executive producer, you can cash app dollar sign midnight radio one zero one, a donation of $20 or more, or you can send a, a thank you on YouTube, a give thanks sticker or in the chat room, you can do a sticker there. And that goes to support this broadcast. It also goes, all of it goes actually to our, Radio broadcast licensing. That is the important part, having radio that is separate from a corporation running it. It is a uh, LLC of the people, by the people, and for the people. And when I say I want to make you guys DJs, I mean it. That is my mission. That is my my goal. And it's not a joke. If you want to become a DJ, this is your chance. All you have to do is email me midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com and in the subject line put i want to be a dj and there in the body put what do i need to do to be a dj i will email you back personally let you know what the next steps are and if you want to be a dj you will be a dj we'll train you everything you need to know we'll supply you with music we'll software we'll let you know How to become a DJ? That is midnightrad.io one zero one at gmail.com. It is important to actually have a radio station run by the people, having the music they want to play. They can talk about whatever they want to talk about. If you want to cuss, it's not the end of the world because our licensing allows that. I'm telling you, it is where you want to be. And if you don't want to be a DJ, you're really going to want to listen. For more information, email me midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I have some shocking wild ass speculations, wild ass theories, wild ass rumors to go over with you tonight. Seriously, wild stuff. We're talking about forbidden relationships and naked asses running through the door at night. All right, this is what I what i've been told the phone line is open 325-261-0892 so if you want to call me and you're listening to me on the radio you want to call me you absolutely can all right here we go this is from the mirror now is this a tabloid magazine in the uk is that what the mirror is surviving roommate university of idaho stabbings begs to not face killer in court All right, so for those of you that haven't watched the show previously to this, they're talking about Bethany Funk. She was sent a subpoena by Brian Nothingberger's legal team, and it was said that an investigator with that legal team, and we're about to say his name, said that he has evidence from investigating that she knows something that can is, is exculpatory that can clear his client. So, this is where we're at. Brian Nothingberger, 28, has been charged with four counts of first degree murder and burglary after four University of Idaho students were stabbed to death November 13th, 2022. The surviving roommate in the University of Idaho stabbings has begged to not appear at the suspect's hearing. Bethany Funk, 21, was at a rental home in Moscow, Idaho, when Kaylee Gonsalves, 21, Zanikronodal, 20, Ethan Chapin, and Maddie Mogan, 21, were stabbed to death on November 13, 2022. Uh, As a writer, she, she did not beg. She didn't beg. She submitted and answer back, a legal answer back, saying no, and here's why. All right, we do have an update on that as of today. Now, he faces Brian Nothingberger, a preliminary hearing in the week of June 26, where prosecutors will begin presenting evidence with the accused yet to enter a plea. However, one of the two survivors, Miss Funk, allegedly heard or witnessed things which could potentially exonerate the suspect. Now, investigator Richard Bidoni. Now, how do you say his name, guys? Rich, I say, but Tony, if I'm saying it incorrectly, correct me, but let me know what I said wrong. All right, he was working for Ann Taylor, that's Cole Berger's lawyer, and he had subpoenaed Funk to appear at the accused killer's hearing on June 28th. It starts on the 26th, but they wanted her to show up on the 28th. Now, according to the affidavit, she allegedly witnessed, here we go. Here's the naked ass. According to the affidavit, she allegedly witnessed a naked man running through a rear sliding door. What? A naked man. Can you imagine how white Kohlberger's ass was running through the dark? Now, how would, how would Dylan, who said that she saw bushy eyebrows through a ski mask, or she didn't, did she say, you know, if he was wearing pants or not, how could he go from there, go out the side door, which it says she saw. But Bethany funks, he's a naked ass run out the door. Was it hairy? Like his eyebrows? We want to know. Maybe, maybe if she would have looked into his hairy eyebrows, she wouldn't have looked down at his hairy ass. What is the deal? Is this true? This is from the mirror. I'm going to put a link to everything we're talking about in the show notes. We have to know. I want to know. Don't you want to know? Well, we have more information coming up that just broke today. Again, according to the affidavit, she allegedly witnessed a naked man running through a rear sliding door She lived on the first floor of the home and came face to face with the alleged killer. Now that being said, I read the affidavit yesterday and I didn't see any naked man running through the door, but I was also told that there was some information that was redacted. So possibly that is it possibly not. I don't know. I'm just chronicling the wild ass speculations and the wild ass theories and the hairy ass theories, the naked ass theories, all them theories. She is alleged to have heard or saw things which could clear the suspect, as Mr. bedoni argued will be a crucial witness. Mr. Kohlberger's lawyers claims that Miss Funk has exculpatory information that is material and necessary to the alleged killer's defense. If she refuses to appear, she could face a potential fine of $500, dollars whoop or 25 days in jail. They wouldn't dare. Mr. B wrote in an affidavit, during the course of my investigations, it became known to me that she has information material to the charges against Mr. Kohlberger. And everything we heard before, guys, was that she saw and heard nothing. But according to this quote, and this isn't the only place I read it, he said that during the course of the investigation, it became known to me that she has information material to the charges against Mr. Kohlberger. According to the police, it was Miss Funk who found the bodies of her housemates, but she is now disputing the request to appear as she now lives in Nevada, not Idaho. So she got the hell out of there. I don't blame her. Her lawyer wrote, there is no authority for an Idaho criminal defendant to summon a Nevada witness to an Idaho matter without a hearing. And there is no authority to summon a Nevada witness to an Idaho matter without a Nevada judge making a finding of materiality necessity and the lack of undue hardship. All right. Now, the things to look at there is there's no need for that if the witness gets a subpoena and just goes, all right? That's one. Also, there is no authority for an Idaho criminal defendant to summon a Nevada witness to an Idaho matter. That's not true. She was in Idaho at the time. With, oh, no, without a hearing. Oh, so there would have to be a hearing and at the hearing there would have to be a judge. See, this is legalese is talking around the fact that there is some authority in this subpoena, and we'll go back to that. We'll go to that here in a minute when we look at the legal paperwork I got from the 26th. So Mrs. Funk's legal team has rejected the foreign subpoena, which was issued on April 11th, as they believe a judge must have a hearing before she can be forced to testify. Mr. Nothingberger's defense has asked the court to make Miss Funk provide testimony as they try to challenge the probable cause used to justify his arrest. The suspect is currently being held in a maximum security cell in Moscow, Idaho, waiting his preliminary hearing. Okay, now let's go over some more crazy, crazy-ass stuff. We're going to go even crazier Then his naked ass running through the dark and it's shining, you know, like a buck tooth smile on the moon, on the face of the moon. Check this out. This was given to me last night. Now again, okay, uh, what do you call it? I need some kind of warning. Well, I it's right on the thumbnail. Wild ass speculation. Now this isn't me saying this is true, man. I'm like Switzerland, man. I am so neutral. I can't wrap my head around this stuff, you know, but I like to document it. So here you go. I was given this while that speculation, this is a certified wild out speculation exculpatory evidence. This was from a Facebook chat group here. Somebody said she possibly saw something that could shed light on what happened that could lean in favor of not guilty for BK. And this is, person said it has been said that she went out that night to see brian and that's why brian was there picking her up that's how the print transfer got there all this is speculation of course but that might be why he was also back there at 9:30 a.m. dropping her that's what i'm that's what i heard Good day, Roy, i think and it was his criminal investigator not a lawyer yeah it was uh there you go it's been said that she went out that night to see brian and that's why brian was there picking her up that's how the print transfer got there what print transfer and she's like hey baby hey uh hey could you uh touch this yeah that knife sheath yeah there you go oh yeah hey baby take them pants off and put on them sexy black gloves I mean, this is so wild. This is crazy wild. I thought I told you to shave them eyebrows. That's how the print transfer got there. All this is speculation, of course, but that might be why he was also back there at 9.30 a.m. Dropping her off. Hmm. Good theory, I think, and it was his criminal investigator and no a lawyer. Okay. Again, that's a wild-ass speculation, a hairy-ass theory, whatever you want to call it. Let's document it and put a pin in it, although I'm not sure it's going to go anywhere, and I'll tell you why. I'll show you why, because of this. All right, this came out today. Phone number is 325-261-0892 if you want to call in and talk to me. If you don't, that's still my phone number, and you don't have to call. This is from today. Let that be known. And this is from the attorney of Bethany Grace Funk in the second judicial district court, Washu State of Nevada. All right. Are you guys seeing all that? No. There. I want you to miss any of this. Although you're, oh, son of a gun. You're only hearing me now, but you're gonna watch. Hear me now and listen to me later. Comes now, Kelly Ann Velora, Veloria, Esquire, on behalf of Bethany Grace Funk and Evelyn Grossneck, Interim Washoe County Public Defender, on behalf of Brian C. Nothing Burger, and jointly stipulate that the subpoena issued April eleventh, twenty twenty three, commanding. Bethany Grace Funk, to appear before the Second Judicial Court of the State of Idaho, County of Laetitia, Moscow, Idaho, on June 28th, shall be withdrawn and or quashed, and that Bethany Grace Funk should be released from the subpoena. The basis of the stipulation is that Bethany Grace Funk, through her attorney, has agreed to an interview with Idaho Defense Counsel in Reno, Nevada, in lieu of proceeding forward with the subpoena for preliminary hearing now is set june 26th through june 30th the undersigned does hereby affirm that the preceding document does not contain the social security number of any person so it's so the subpoena has been quashed because both sides agreed now they're just going to meet there in nevada Again, now who is meeting? The basis for this stipulation is quashing, is that Bethany Grace Funk, through her attorney, has agreed to an interview with Idaho Defense Counsel in Reno, Nevada, in lieu of proceeding forward. Simply stated, she just agreed to an interview with the defense counsel. Is that enough? I mean, that is not a hearing. That's not her at the hearing. And you know what? Is this information of what is said in this interview? Are we even going to know what it is? That's what I want to know. If, you know, if it was at the hearing, I'm pretty sure it would be reported. Okay, Bethany was here today. The only thing that she said was that she didn't see or hear anything. Or she, they found out, you know, the timeline is a little bit off, like we all know, know anyway. But not enough. I mean, we, we would hear that. Are we going to hear anything from this? Uh, this was from April roll uh, this is from today this is april twenty sixth but the other subpoena was from April eleventh and we didn't hear about it until yesterday twenty four hours ago all right bull crap, bull crap, and they wonder why people are going crazy with this stuff all right do you believe in the naked man theory? Do you believe that Bethany has some relationship with Kohlberger? Man, there's no evidence to say that, but those are some Harry Wildass speculations. I'd like to hear about it. 325-261-0892. You can talk to me, Jerry, in live time here at Midnight Radio Studios. I've got some more stories for you. Police bust... into arkansas family's home and arrest dad for piercing son's ear in a viral video let me show you this video and we're going to talk about it on the flip side what are y'all doing Wait a right? yeah. second, why are you in my house? Guys, come on, come the he, he, why are you all in my house?
1: Why are you in my house? Guys, I'm asking a question. Why are you in my house? what? body arts
0: in your home. He was not unlocked.
1: Body arts without a license. Guys,
0: chill. Body arts. I'll read this to you. For those of you that are listening, law enforcement had reportedly received a tip that the father, Jeremy Sherland had drunkenly put his son in a chokehold and shoved the piercing in his ear. In Arkansas, it is illegal for artists to perform body art on a person under 16 years of age, regardless of parental consent, but it is legal to marry your cousin. Just kidding. It doesn't say that. Violation of that law is a Class D felony. Many on Twitter responding to the viral video were shocked by the police response. It was like a SWAT team. And they had to park around the corner like it was a big raid, shaking my damn head. Did they seriously do this for piercing his son's ear? Though, how is this even possible? <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. All right, let's get back. Well, apparently that was a crime. Check this out. This is crazy. Look into a home. It's not only guys that home do weird that stuff. That was located hold. In- hold on, hold on. Here we go. Check this out too. She's a sweet thing. Wait to hear what she did. 29 year old Jasmine Robinson, who allegedly stabbed a man and cut a dog in northeast El Paso. Investigators say she broke into a home that was located on Pikes Peak last Wednesday. Officers say when they arrived, they found Robinson inside with a knife. Now, during the investigation, police found out Robinson entered the home without permission argued with a 35-year-old man inside the home and stabbed him in the upper torso. Officers also finding a dog that had been hurt. Robinson is facing a charge of burglary of habitation with the intention of committing another felony. Woo! hot singles in your area. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Oh, my. In case you missed it, El Paso Police have identified these the suspects and can. In- and we got, this is something I wanted to talk about. And uh, I have a reason why this might be important. I didn't realize it at first, so I realized it. So here in Texas, for example, this is something called a right to work state. That means that you have the right as an employee to quit your job at any time, all right? And you as a Employer, you have the right to terminate the employment of anybody that works for you at any time. All right. Now there's certain stipulations where you have to have a reason, but that is a right to work state. What if the right to work law was repealed and why would somebody want to do that? Well, that happened recently and it happened right in Michigan. So check this out. And I know the governor was very proud of it. I'm going to talk about this, and then I'm going to talk about possibly why and what this actually means. If you'd like to join the conversation, 325-261-0892. Michigan, long known as the mainstay of organized labor, organized labor, on Friday became the first state in decades to repeal a union-restricting law known as right to work. And that was passed over a decade ago by Republicans, a Republican-controlled legislature. Okay, also, there's more to this, too. It's not just you have the right to leave at any time and uh, the company has a right to terminate. It means that in a right-to-work state, you don't have to join a union. If you join a company that has a union in it, they can't not hire you because you're not in the union. They have to treat you like you're in the union as a matter of fact of course there's not a certain amount of union benefits that you get like if there's a layout um what do you call it a strike or something you know the union will pay the union members they're not going to pay you but they can't restrict your access to work based on union all right but they can in michigan now because of that and also it affects the company letting you go The state's right-to-work law had allowed those in unionized workplaces to opt out of paying union dues and fees. It's repeal is seen as a major victory for organized labor, with union membership reaching an all-time low last year. Today we're coming together to restore workers' rights, protect Michiganers on the job, and grow Michigan's middle class. Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer said in a statement Friday after signing the legislation, uh, this was March 30th by the way, The second term governor also signed legislation restoring a prevailing wage law that had been repealed by Republicans in 2018. It requires contractors hired for state projects to pay union level wages. Repealing the right to work law and act in 2012 had long been listed as a top priority for Democrats who took control of the full state government this year for the first time in 40 years. Okay. Not going to read the whole article. There's going to be an article in this video, right underneath it in the description below. But check this out. This is related to it too. This is a pilot who offered flights to women for Medicare fired from his seminary job. How does this relate? Well, check this out. There he is. That is Raymond Antonio Vargas, right? No, that's Greg Williams. This is written by Raymond Antonio Vargas new Orleans. All right. Check this out. About three weeks ago after the U S Supreme court last year struck down the federal right to abortion, Greg Williams, a volunteer pilot for a group that provides free flights to people who need to travel for medical care, posted a Facebook message. If any women need to make an unexpected trip from the South to say Illinois or New Mexico or Virginia for reasons that are none of my business, I can provide safe private air transport, it will get you where you need to go and back the same day at a price that will work for you. He wrote that on the 28th of June, 2022. Williams acknowledged the message mentioned in area which has largely outlawed abortion in three states which have acted to preserve access. The Post did not explicitly mention abortion because Williams' day job was teaching Greek and Latin at a college for a prospective Catholic priests near New Orleans. The Benedictine Run Seminary College has a policy against publicly expressing beliefs contrary to the established teaching of the Catholic Church, which stridently opposes abortion, despite the fact that a majority of Americans believe abortion should be legal in most of all cases, according to recent polling. That is, yeah, questionable about the polling. But Williams wanted to comply with school policy. Didn't matter. The school fired him a week later. And this is what was written in the the letter. Okay, I'm just going to read you these two little paragraphs, about three sentences each. Your Facebook post publicly and deliberately advocated a position contrary to the official teaching of the Catholic Church. said the termination letter... The decision is to terminate your employment effective immediately. Williams 40 has no real legal recourse to compel St. Joseph to rehire him. According to lawyers, he consulted and attorneys interviewed by the guardian. Louisiana is an at will employment state, which means employers can dismiss workers for any reason that is not blatantly unconstitutional. So if repealing the right to work happened there in new orleans in louisiana if that was repealed for example this religious institution doesn't have the say of who they hire or who they let go that goes into governmental hands that goes into union hands all right so that is the kind of things you're looking at you're looking at people being forced to do things that are against their religious beliefs And you're looking at a constitutionality of separation of church and state. No, not anymore. So regardless of, you know, what you think about abortion, that's not my point. My point is if you have a problem with abortion, don't work for the Catholic Church. And don't make the laws govern, you know, the laws govern over the hiring practices of any religion. It's not right. Is it okay to get rid of freedoms that are given to you by the Constitution? In my opinion, no, it's not. And also in my experience for working in labor, and, um unions, unions don't help at all. They don't help the worker. All they do is take your money and you always... It always seems like the union and the people in charge are best friends. You know, both of those guys are getting gravy and the workers get squashed. So this is not something you want. This is a fascist dictatorship is what it turns into. It takes away the rights of the employees. So. If you have something you want to say about that, call 325-261-0892. You can leave me a voicemail message if I'm not live, or you can call me and we'll talk about it. Or you can email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Let's go to the next story here, people. Um, Here's my prediction. I believe that the right to work states. Those are going to start getting repealed. I do believe that. Now this is, this is a, this is an update. You know, I told the story of, I'm going to say his name right. Trent Lair camp and how he went to his friend's house. He did, they made him do magic mushrooms. They poured alcohol down his throat or encouraged it. You know, they're all underage except for, you know, him, but he wasn't old enough to buy alcohol and, you know, they crapped on his lap and they put tape on his face and, He looked like a real schmuck, and he almost died and went to the hospital. There's an update to that story, everybody. Here we go. And I thought this was interesting. The family of a 19-year-old who was left at a hospital barely breathing is speaking out after officials say much of the outrage about the case is based on misinformation. Really? A vulnerable 19-year-old who is made to be a sick joke of someone's disgusting fun and games. That's what his family said. Why was he vulnerable? I found out that he, he um, did not have autism, which was initially reported. Here we go. The family of 19-year-old Trenton Camp, who was left at a Georgia hospital barely breathing and covered in urine and spray paint in a big old greasy yellow turd last month, slammed authorities after they dismissed claims that he had been tortured by a group of teens. Damn it, how could this happen? Today, it was evident that authorities wanted to address and correct what the kids didn't do, but not recognize or acknowledge the fact of what was done to Trent. Family said this in a statement last Monday evening after Glenn County officials announced arrests in the case. Did you know there were arrests in the case? At the end of the day, he was mistreated in in inhuman ways. Officials have accused James C. Stotler, forty six, and Lawrence C. Stother fifty-seven of maintaining a disorderly house. We talked about this. What about the parents? I said. They were charged of maintaining a disorderly house and contributing to the delinquency or dependency of a minor, both misdemeanor offenses in connection with the investigation into what happened to Camp. Three teens, including two whose names were not released because of their age, are also facing misdemeanor charges for battery and drug-related offenses. Someone's probably getting charged for deucing on them. Though police said one of those individuals was being charged for a separate incident involving a different victim. Oh, it's a serial deucer. Distributing images from high school gatherings at the Stother House in the small coastal community of St. Simmons Island, Showed four boys standing over Laren Camp, who was passed out on a chair with his face covered, an orange substance on his clothes. It was a dookie. Oh, we're talking about the paint. Okay. I need to get over the dookie, don't I? And a slug light object on his and a slug like object on his lap. And a boy spraying a water hose at his head. As the images circulated on social media, sparking outrage and calls for justice for Laren Camp. So did rumors about what had happened to the 19-year-old, but on Monday, District Attorney Keith Higgins dismissed many of the claims, including that Larenkamp had been defecated and urinated on as misinformation. Higgins also said that Larenkamp consented to being washed off with a water hose after engaging in an egg flight. Did I say flight? An egg fight. On mm. well, March 17th, involuntarily, he drank alcohol until he blacked out the night of March 21st when he ended up at the hospital. No one poured acid down his throat. No one beat him. No one choked him. No one tortured him, the district attorney said. In their statement, the family said Camp had clearly been humiliated and made to be the joke of social media videos calling the teen's alleged treatment of him disgusting. We don't believe that confirming it wasn't feces on him, urine on him or no battery acid down his throat makes us any better. The family said a vulnerable 19 year old was made to be a sick joke of someone's. it wasn't a deuce. Sir, it wasn't urine. What was it? The family said that a vulnerable 19 year old, was made to be a sick joke of someone's disgusting fun and games. The family also said they shared a video with police from the night he came home dripping wet from being hosed. It's hard to believe and it was the first the family heard that he consented to being hosed down. Well, hell, I'm sure he didn't remember. The family said he was visibly passed out in that video while being hosed. Doesn't seem to make sense. Someone would consent. The statement said the family has reached back out to the investigators a representative from the Glenn county police department did not immediately respond to buzzfeed news for comment through a spokesman higgs a district attorney declined to comment on the family statement there's a family right there i bet it's gonna be a long time before they can eat bananas i know i won't be able to the charges announced on Monday came nearly a month after three teens drop Laren Camp off the emergency room at the Southeast Georgia Health System in Brunswick. At the time, Laren Camp was breathing just six times per minute, according to police report, about the march twenty first incident, and his blood alcohol level was a zero point four six four after providing their names and phone numbers to the hospital. The teens left as Laren Camp was rushed to the ICU and placed on a ventilator. So Are you telling me they took the deuce, the slug-like deuce, and tested it? And maybe he smelled like urine because he urinated on himself. This is crazy. My sense of reality, blown up. At the hospital, Aaron Kemp's father, Mark, told the police that his son had been at a friend's house whose name was redacted from the report, but that this was not the first time he returned from the friend's house with injuries. On March 17th, his son came home. Covered in WD-40, vomit, paint, glue, egg yolk, and spray paint. Mark Larenkamp said in two weeks before that, he had to take his son to the yard to get stitches for a laceration above his eye. He never returns home normal. In their statement on Monday, the family said that since March 21st, he has shared other instances where things of this nature have happened. Other parents have also come forward or made contact to inform the family he is not alone and that their kids have also been in situations with these kids, the family said. Trent was not the only one. We want this to happen to no one else. Through this continued awareness, hopefully this is the end of it. Holy moly, I didn't expect this turn of events. But I do want to reiterate that the mother and the father are being charged how they should. You know, they're being charged for having a disorderly house. They're being charged with giving, allowing the children in their house to have access to drugs. Apparently that's a misdemeanor and alcohol. And some of the kids, what, at least two of them are being charged with misdemeanors also. So something did happen. Nobody's doing some hard jail time. And it wasn't a poop. All right. Okay. Going on. All right. Now here's something I'm doing right now. I'm working on a very important report right now, but after I do that, then I'm going to have an article. I've been working with Google AI. It's called Bard and uh, they let me in to test it behind the scenes. I've been testing it and I've come up with some cool stuff. If you listen to my radio show today, Uh, My pre-show before this show, then you heard something I had it do. Now, it doesn't take, I mean, I type in the question. I could talk to it, but right now I'm just typing it. It gives me an answer in under a second. So I had it give me a list of pop culture references that would make somebody in their 30s feel old, and it did it just like that. Um, I input a scenario for a short story and had it write me a short story and it wrote the short story and it wasn't bad. Now it wasn't great. It left out the pain of the characters and the emotionality of the situations. But it was a okay short story for someone if you're teaching someone that's never written before, I'm like, it's not bad. I'm actually going to use it to teach my, my writing class on outlines. So Google gave this uh, barred behind-the-scenes access right now to uh, major corporations and people in the media and things like that. So they could try it out. And um, I'm hearing reports that they don't know what to do with it yet. I'm finding things to do with it. I'm finding things to do with it in the radio. Um, I'm finding things to do with it as a writer, I'm finding things to do with it on my website and really the only lack, the thing that lacks in using it—is your own imagination and I have a hell of an imagination, I just don't have much time to imagine right now because of my report. So this story here is about the dark side of AI. I'd like to know what you think about it. I'm uh, in the process of getting an interview with a man who believes that AI will lead to the downfall and the destruction of mankind. He is a person, he's an advocate to monitor and restrict AI, um, and he's worked with Elon Musk and several other people. And as soon as I get that interview, I'll let you know. Until then, I want to bring up this so you guys can start thinking about it. This is Dan Abrams, everybody.
1: Your daughter, Bree, join us now. Thank you both so much for coming. On. And Jennifer and her daughter, Bree, join us now. Thank you both so much for coming on the program. Appreciate it. So glad that you both are okay. So, Jennifer, let me start with you. At the beginning, you get the call. You hear the voice. What did you say, and did the person sort of stay on the line? Yeah, so I got a call, um, and I answered it. I had it on speaker uh, because I had a bunch of things in my hands. And I was getting out of the car, and I was walking into my other daughter's studio to pick her up. And I have my daughter's voice say, mom, and uh, she was out of town. So I never questioned her voice. And I was like, what happened? What's going on? And it was mom. And she's sobbing and crying. She goes, I messed up. And I'm like, okay, what happened? I'm thinking she got hurt. Uh, It was an unknown number, which is common for medics or hospitals use. So I then asked her, uh, what happened? What's going on? Then all of a sudden, I hear this man say, lay down, put your head back. And then I'm thinking she's being strapped to a gurney on a hill. So I'm like, what's going on? What happened? Now I'm thinking that she's severely hurt. And instead this man gets on the phone, um, And my daughter's in the background going, mommy's bad men have me, these bad men have me, help me, help me, help me. And this man goes, listen here, this is what's going to happen. You call the police, you call anybody, I'm going to pop her stomach full of drugs, I'm going to have my way with her, I'm going to drop her in Mexico, you're never going to see your daughter again. And at that point, I had my hand on the uh, door handle walking into the studio, and I just started screaming for help. It was after hours, I knew my daughter was, uh, my other daughter was there with a uh, teacher. Um, but there happened to be a couple other moms there that I know, well, they're all in company together. Um, so they all surrounded me while I have this on speaker. Um, and one of them immediately says, I'm going to call 911. Um, the other one, Unfortunately, we didn't get a voice recording of what was going on. Uh, the other one, I asked my daughter, my younger daughter, to call her dad, find out where Bree is, because she was supposed to be with her dad. Um, I started texting my son, my older son, hey, I need your help. I, we got to find your sister. Um, so, uh, and then one of the moms sat with me while the other mom went and grabbed my younger daughter's phone, and um, knowing that my husband would be more likely to respond to my younger daughters calling her and my younger daughter had frozen at that time. Um, and then during that process, uh, there was a lot of threats, a lot of vulgarities. Um, wow. I was kind of going in and out of the conversation in my head. Um, but then he demanded a million dollar ransom and, Either. uh, I'm like, I don't know how that's possible. Uh, um, you know, just don't hurt my daughter. Let me talk to her again. He wouldn't let me talk to her again. So, um, at that point, then he's like, I know you can't get a million dollars. He's like, we'll do 50000 Fine. Just uh, what do you, how do you want me to wire it to you? How do you want me to send it to you? He's like, oh, no, no, no. We're not wiring. I'm not going to have you, this traced. I'm going to come pick you up. I'm like, excuse me, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to put you in a white van. I'm going to put a bag over your head. Um, I'm going to take you to your daughter. And if you don't have the cash and you don't have the right amount, then you and your daughter are both dead. So at that point, 911 um, had tipped us off oh, no. that there was this uh, scam going on where they could steal your voice. Um, so I had that in the back of my mind. However, we did have a family friend years ago that was kidnapped, held for ransom. His voice was only a recording offered to his wife. Um in the middle of the night, we weren't able to recover him and his kidnappers were just prosecuted a few months ago. Wow. So did, and my kids know him. Um did, so for me this was even more real having did, been through that experience. Jennifer, did they know that Bree was on a ski trip? I don't know. I have no idea. You, you know, you go Instagram. through these things and you're like, okay, how did they know this? Are they following they got our voice me? From Instagram I had posted too. something earlier. I have a very small private account about um, my daughter going back to ski racing because she hadn't ski raced in a couple of years and she was training for that. Um, so I was going through my head like, yeah. how would they know? Cool. Uh, and, but going through this process, they did make a comment to me uh, af- in the middle of it where I was. It kind of tipped me off that they don't know me that well. Okay. So I thought, okay, at that point, maybe this is a scam. However, I still need to make sure my daughter's safe. Well, of course, of course. And, and Bree, let me ask you, you, you don't even have social media accounts, right, that are mm-hmm. available to the public? Yeah, most of my accounts are private. And even if they are, they have very little followers. And even at that point, I don't post any videos of me um, physically saying anything. Um, I know that TikToks now, like, um, obviously my, my lips are moving but not my, not my actual voice um, the only videos that I have on my social media accounts are me of um, racing or of athletics but nothing of me actually talking and um, a point that some people bring up is that they can get my voice off of my voicemail
0: thank you for watching go to newsnationnow.com no, no, to find no. newsnation right. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in tonight I really do if you'd like to become a member of Midnight Radio, if you're a Midnighter or above, you have Midnighter or Midnight Rider, you can join us on Discord. And also you get additional things that you don't get without a membership. I think being a Midnighter is $4.99. Being a Midnight Rider is $9.99. You have a riding class. If you'd like to become a rider and join our riding class, you can do that. And also, if you would like to help us stay on the air, if you would like to help us with our music license you could do that we appreciate it very much anything over $20 makes you an executive producer and gives you credit on the show Uh, you can do it there's a gift thanks it's a little heart below the video or uh, the cash app is cash app dollar sign midnight radio 101 guys thank you very much gonna be back as soon as I can I'm working on that report we're gonna get this uh, video thing hammered out until then All my best. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Or day, whatever the case may be.